everyone, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today we're going to be talking about eggs. We're going to be talking about eggs in the context of the global economy and talk about the Federal Reserve, inflation, and more. Eggs are pretty expensive right now, but they're actually less expensive than they were according to Brighton Capital, who has done a lot of good work on the price of eggs. The wholesale price for large conventional eggs has fallen from five, ten, a dozen to four dollars and sixty-three cents, which is still really expensive. But the big question is why have eggs been so expensive. So bird food is expensive, just like our food is expensive, so is feeding the birds. Birds are sick with avian flu. The holiday season, people demand more eggs generally. Eggs are actually very volatile as a commodity, more so than natural gas, and refrigeration processes can be a little bit wacky. There could be more supply problems down the road for eggs. The hen to human ratio is at a 15-year low, and more than 11 million hens have died in the past three months. There's this really interesting Reddit fan theory about the price of eggs in the land of beauty and the Beast, where Gaston sings the following song. When I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a barge. A hen can lay about one egg per day, and this guy was eating 60 eggs. And imagine that Gaston is the global economy, right? There are roughly 50 people in Bell's Village, according to Reddit fan theories. So maybe 45 hens if you apply the same hen to human ratio that we have today. So not nearly enough supply for Gaston to be eating 60 eggs a day. And Gaston was spending in today's dollars roughly $23 a day on eggs in today's prices, right? Back then it was more like 10 cents a dozen, but also volatile. So way too much demand, right? So of course, if you look at the Beauty and the Beast economy, if you look at the problem with eggs, it's a supply and demand issue. Supply and demand issue in that fairy tale story, supply and demand issue on our end too. Not enough laying hens, too many people wanting what the hens lay. The issue with eggs is emblematic to the broader economy, of course, the egg economy, if you will. John Williams, the president of the New York Fed, compared inflation to an onion earlier this year and said that there were three distinct layers. The outermost layer of the onion is the price of commodities, so things like lumber, steel, grains, and oils. It's the middle layer, products like appliances, furniture, and cars, inner layer, underlying inflation like the pressure in the labor market, and the fissure that is the housing crisis. If inflation is an onion, I think that the economy is an egg. Both on a meta level and a fundamental level, it's something driven by the laws of supply and demand that can completely rupture and is covered in a thin shell, protecting a cell until it can hatch and carry forth the bloodline. It's a vessel meant to carry its contents to growth, which arguably is the same thing that the economy is doing. So if you think about the structure of an egg, hang with me here. Obviously, please don't take this egg metaphor literally. It's just a metaphor. You have the shell, which is a semi-permeable membrane, meaning that things can pass through those pores. I think that's like the Federal Reserve, the government, and global factors like geopolitical relations. Inner and outer membranes, these protect the egg itself and are pretty strong in things like regulation and laws. There's the albumin, which I'm pretty sure I just butchered in pronunciation. This is the egg white. This is the stuff that keeps the egg going, the labor market, the commodities, and other resources. There's also the chalas. I'm sorry again. These are the ropes that hold the yolk to the membrane. Here would be like monetary and fiscal policy probably. There's a vitaline membrane, the clear casing that holds the yolk, things like shelter costs, food costs, auto costs, etc. things that we measure via CPI and PCE. Also the yolk, so the vitamin and minerals of the eggs. I think that this is the Fed's 2% inflation target. So technically that is monetary policy. Normally the yolk would be things like GDP growth or a low unemployment rate potentially, but right now it's 2% inflation. The entire economy is being designed around the concept of 2% inflation. So the Fed wants to protect the yolk. They have their 2% inflation goal and they're designing the entire economy around that by 
by potentially sledgehammering the labor force. The egg has become nothing but a 2% inflation target. So balancing the egg on the spoon. The Fed is focused on a few things within that 2% inflation target. They're balancing that egg on a spoon. So Fed cred, I've talked about this extensively. The Fed really does not want to be Arthur Burns. Randy Quarles told the Burns story at Stanford back in 2022, back in 2022, back in 2022. Was that even a real year? And was like, I would not want to be remembered for inflation. I would rather be remembered for invoking a devastating recession because of the limits of my toolkit. One can imagine that the rest of the Federal Reserve feels the same. Nobody wants to be the guy that messed up. The Fed has some big recession goals according to their summary of economic projections. So Employee America came out with a really good piece talking about the Fed's summary of economic projections because they're predicting this unemployment rate that essentially would equate us to going into a recession. And they're like, we're gonna stay there somehow. The Fed beef, uh, the Fed Reserve is increasingly trying to put the market in its place. They have major beef with the stock market and directly stated in their most recent meeting minutes that I talked about in a different video that an unwarranted easing in financial conditions, aka celebrating the market celebrating the Fed might cut, would result in the market getting a little punch to the face. Neil Kushkar even right after the market and said, I've spent enough time, who's a member of the Federal Reserve, I've spent enough time around Wall Street to know that they are culturally institutionally optimistic and he laughed and he said they're going to lose the game of chicken. And I think that's totally valid to like laugh because honestly it's all it's all goofy it's just people's lives it's but it's goofy and it's sort of wacky because maybe we shouldn't be squaring up with the market but that's also what the federal reserve has to do to protect their fed cred so it becomes this endless loop of protect fed cred yell at markets predict recession raise rates etc and the fed is literally hellbent on getting to two percent inflation the main way that they're going to go after that is through the labor market so that's softening right but it's not really softening in the way that the fed wants it to quits are speeding up the ratio of vacancies to unemployed workers is holding around 1.75 and the Fed wants that to fall. I, I'm not going to do like another vibe session sort of thesis maybe, but uh, I think this is something that we can call bifurcation. Bifurcation maybe. Uh, recession in tech and finance jobs, but growth in construction and other jobs like that. Lower income earners have experienced the largest earning gains in 2021. Top quintile saw declines, which is the opposite of what happened in 2001 and 2008. So we're starting to see this bifurcation of the labor market sort of reverse. Normally it's higher income people who are getting more jobs making more money, but we're starting to see the opposite of that happen. But the Fed still wants the labor market to chill out, and there are two ways that they can accomplish that. The labor force participation rate increases, so more people go into the labor force. Unemployment rate increases, more people get fired. Lots of people are tired, according to Fed research, accounting for almost all the shortfall in the labor force participation rates. So we've got to go to other methods if we want to have the softening of the labor market in a positive way. If we don't want to resort to pushing people out of work, we have to have immigration reform, working parent support, support for people with disabilities, all really great places to start. So if we talk about a soft landing, what is a soft landing? Everyone wants the bird to get out of the nest eventually and ideally not fall to the ground in the process. We want it to kind of fly away. That's the same with the economy. Ideally, we can have a soft landing, which essentially means that the economy does not blow up. Millions of people don't lose their jobs and inflation eventually subsides. The definition of a soft landing would B, vacancies can decline substantially, taking pressure off inflation without driving unemployment up. We are getting closer to the idea of a soft landing. Inflation expectations have fallen, wage growth has slowed, CPI came in today right at expected, which is good. The number that the Fed really cares about, which is core services x shelter, came in negative month to month for the third consecutive month. Like, yes, this is all really good stuff, and there's probably more data pointing to things relaxing versus things heating up right now. The Fed's whole thing, though, is to crack the consumer make it so people can't spend as much money. And we all know this, right? Like I think I've said that bajillion times and there are signs of inflation slowing down. Like I just highlighted some of that. Freight costs recovering, wage growth slowing, rents are 
collapsing, consumer credit is increasing. We know that things are slowing down out there. And I, like I've said it in the past couple of newsletters, and that's just me. Like a lot of people are saying this, and the Fed should be saying that too. And the housing market, like getting into the class of an S, right? Like we're going to bag metaphor. The housing market is just bonkers, honestly. So housing inflation, housing was a really big driver of inflation, according to Fed economists. Housing drove potentially one third of the increase in the CPI, which is massive and points to, you know, underlying inflation issues. Also highlights how important housing supply is. Of course, are freaking out right now. So KB Home, a very big home builder, reported a 68% cancellation rate, which is way up from a 13% cancellation rate in Q4 2021. This is largely a product of mortgage rate shock. So mortgages just rates just skyrocketing and a 40% run up in US home prices as Lance Lambert highlights. But but things are starting to slow down. So rents are slowing down. Rent growth on a 12 month basis for single family homes slowed in December to 4.8%. Goldman thinks that home prices will fall 7.5% in 2023, another 2.2% in 2024, but then bounce to 3.8% in 2025. We are seeing easing in the housing market, but with sky high prices and sky high mortgage rates, it'll probably take a while before things do fully recover. Buyers and sellers are having a standoff and a lot of people pulled forward housing formation in the pandemic via work from home but now it's just way too expensive to get a house and people are just not vibing because it's really hard to and so some other news that i think also ties into my bird metaphor when you think about a bird that hatches from an egg it can't quite fly at first right it has to grow feathers and walk around a little bit whatever and then maybe it'll launch off the earth uh it's a little bird technology that needs to develop and so we also have some bird technology that needs to develop notum the notice of air emissions for pilots completely failed this week no one really knows why yet but it just kind of broke a critical piece of infrastructure but an ancient piece of technology and it's emblematic of a lot of American infrastructure something that should work and did work 20 years ago but desperately needs an update the FAA has been trying to update it since 2019 but the bureaucratic bloat stands in the way of most efficiencies of course and now it's becoming mission critical that we remove said bureaucratic bloat if we want our airplanes to be in the sky the airlines getting halted because a core piece of technology broke is not unique and it will likely not be the last time something like this happens and when we think about other bureaucratic bloats let's talk about the debt ceiling debate so the dodo bird could fly and neither will the economy if we do not raise the debt ceiling. This is a stupid bargaining chip and a larger stupid circus that is more focused on speculative all than any sort of governance. To get elected speaker, McCarthy had to yield to five people who were like, hee hee, I have no plans on how to make the world better. I exist only to cause chaos, which I think is a great part of our US government. One of the things that he had to yield on was the debt ceiling. He promised not to raise it so they would stop being morons. And a lot of people have written about how we can sort out the debt ceiling. Mint a coin is a high popular one. But the thing is, we can't not raise the debt ceiling. We just can't not raise the debt ceiling. And everyone will be like, we have so much debt. That's like the point of the government. The point of the government is to spend money on the constituents. And is it good that we have excess debt? No, but there has to be some sort of mechanism in place that we can keep on spending money and have a functioning government. And a lot of that is required via raising the debt ceiling. If the United States defaults on its debt, we become a laughing stock of the world. And technically defaulting on the debt is unconstitutional according to the 14th Amendment. So final thoughts. So I know this piece was like a little bit goofy and metaphorical, but when we think about an egg, it's really a fragile piece of technology that carries forth life. When you think about the economy, it's also a relatively fragile piece of technology that is the undercurrent for our lives. Things like refrigeration, bacteria, chicken feed, light exposure, and stress all impact eggs. There are analogies there too for the economy. Things like supply chain maintenance, geopolitical turmoil, commodity costs all have a huge impact on functioning. But everything is happening all the time, you know? Really nobody knows what's going on. Ever. Everyone is balancing the egg on a spoon and we can keep the egg on a spoon. But if we try to run with the egg and really try to test that shell by 
maybe raising rates a little bit too much, it's going to crack. But the egg is doing okay right now. We just need to be really careful with it. A really beautiful passage from Rebecca Snowlnit. The whole passage will be in the newsletter. I'll just read my favorite line from it. Hope calls for action. Action is impossible without hope. I also have some other links in the newsletter as well. So go and check that out at kyla.substack.com. Hope y'all are doing okay out there. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. And um, yeah, have a, have a good day. <laughs> Talk to y'all soon.